Hey everybody, it's day whatever of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, the Teen Roundtable 2010 edition, college edition, and it's your host Chris, and I'm back with my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, we have been listening to the Teen Roundtables, and we've gone over things like what do people in college, at least these seven, think of what uh, basic knowledge about what depression is, where it comes from, would they tell somebody, and if so, who, how likely are they to tell somebody, what, how much sleep do they get, are they sleeping well, and these are some of the questions we've gone over, if you'll go back and listen to the other episodes, and I think we've gone over some interesting stuff so far. If you want to get in touch with us, you can at flipswitch at bpkids.org. That's flipswitch at bpkids.org. Or you can just go ahead and find us on our website at www.bpkids.org slash flipswitch. And you can leave us a comment. We love comments. We like to respond to comments. Please comment. Okay. Ryan. Yes. Your thoughts about all those topics together. If you consider them together. Center them on one idea or... Well, I I think it kind of the way those questions go, in my head at least, is that they're all building on a theme, which is, what do you know about this? Now, what do you know about each of the symptoms? And now that these... If you have a problem with any of one of these, are you going to tell anybody? And I guess the theme that kind of emerges to me is just how complicated dealing with anything is. Because we've had scenarios where people start out saying one thing and they kind of end up saying another. And I consider most of these people pretty intelligent, pretty well-spoken. And they're having a hard time just kind of putting together in their head how they would talk and deal with some of this stuff. Imagine somebody who's even more lost, who is in the depths of a severe depression. I guess if these people are having such problems, what hope is there for somebody who's in that deep depression? Well, first of all, I think there is hope. Because if you're looking at these symptoms that everybody's describing and first of all i think as a whole i think this round table gives people an idea that they're not alone if they're struggling with sleep issues there's other people out there struggling with sleep issues and that's something to latch on to and know that it can be corrected and it can help you improve the way you're living so that's what these round tables are for i would say that the confusion of these people is what's hopeful because the idea a lot of people go well i'm so lost I'm so out of it. I am abnormal because I can't figure it out. And look at all these people. Yeah, look at all these people. Do they look like they got it figured out? Yeah. No. So if you're having troubles, it means you're, you've just kind of gone off the rails a little bit. And you're not that far off from everybody else. But there are some truths that you do can, you can face with some of this information. You know? And that's another thing I think that you can see come out over time over the last... This is the fourth episode or the fifth episode. Fifth episode, I think. Or the fifth episode is the fact that you can become more and more honest to yourself about what you're actually discussing or what's actually going on in your life. Even if you're confused about it, you can still put words to it. Right, and I guess to some extent, this is reality. And it's not tied in a bow. One of the things in my entire life I have just always been annoyed with, and I remember thinking this when I was 10 years old and they had somebody come talk to us in third grade about stuff, they always said things like they were so simple and that they, if you just knew this one thing, everything would be better and make sense. But life isn't that easy. It can be better. I totally agree with that. But it is weird and hard and complex. And so uh, I think one thing I really appreciate is that these guys are not are not telling you that it's easy and everything should make sense. You know, one of the things we talk about is 
the basics of kind of what we call a brush fire method, which is, you know, depression and bipolar disorder to a lesser extent can only exist if the symptoms are blazing out of control. So uh, the feeling of depression can only, it is harder to maintain if you sleep well. It's harder to maintain if you're getting out and being social. It's harder to maintain if you are fighting your cognitive distortions, what we call stinking thinking. So those are truths, but yet people don't do them because they don't really believe it. And kind of what I get out of the roundtable is this is why. You have people who know the tune. They, they can tell you the right stuff, but somewhere there they don't truly believe what they're saying. And I think that's, that's not something bad about them. That is the human condition. And so I think part of what this podcast is about is acknowledging that and then kind of saying, but you can do all that. The, those truths are still true, regardless of whether people know them or not. So get on track, realize that everybody has trouble with this and you can be better and okay and feel better. With that in mind, let's get into more Teen Roundtable. Welcome to the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation College Roundtable. 2010. I'm Peter. I'm 18. I'm Melissa. I'm 20. I'm Amy Lynn. I'm 20. I'm Paul. I'm 19. I'm Terrence. I'm 18. I'm Alex. I'm 19. What do you know about bipolar disorder? Nothing. You know nothing about bipolar disorder? Anybody? I know people who suffer from it. What What, what is this one I'm really asking? It's another med- uh, mental disorder. Like depression. Um, what happens with it? There are highs and lows. So you'll have states of like elated, kind of manic, like, I can do anything. I'm going to like go do this thing crazy now. And then like, and then that fades and you get into this low point. So it's like the extreme highs, but they're not necessarily happy highs either. They're, it's, I I guess I suppose that's why they call it bipolar disorder, but highs and lows. Highs and lows. So... Old, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think people sometimes like discriminate it to just be between anger and sadness, but in fact it's just a high emotional intensity versus a low emotional intensity. Okay. I've heard that um, people that are on medication, uh, when they're on their highs um, and it feels very good, they, they feel normal, they'll stop taking their medication. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that's true because I'm taking an intro to psych class and that might very well be on the final in a couple of days. So, <laughs> all right. Information. What do you know about bipolar? Um, kind of the same thing that just um, variations between highs and lows and um, state of excitement and the manic depression. Okay. And it can be treated. And it can be treated. What, how, how can it be treated? Um, both with medication and through counseling. Okay. Amy Lynn, what do you know about bipolar disorder? Um, basically there's two types of it, um, both involve a, uh, low state of depression, hopelessness, um, and the other side being, uh, mania, where it's a feeling of, they, you know, I can do anything, I, often it can affect sleep, not sleeping at all, um, you're too jacked up. Yeah, too did. Racing thoughts, um, talking really, really quickly. Ra- what are racing thoughts? Um, that's basically when your thoughts are racing. Um, when 
just a lot, everything's going through your head and it's going faster than you can really control and yeah just jump you can't keep up with it and you're just very like ooh, you know i'm i can do all this there's, there's suspending sprees there's um more sexuality going on there's that, those are all related to hell under what word mania right but what but spending sprees and sexuality or hyposexuality um, are the same thing in in the sense that it's about grandiosity um impulsivity oh. yes. and obsessive impulsivity so yeah that's it it's a uh, basically feeling really just really high and great everything's awesome until you start getting you start it's like an engine that revs up it's going great until it's just revved up too high and then it starts coming apart and then it shakes and it goes just falls completely apart stops working What do you think? What do you think about what they know about bipolar disorder? I think it was very good. I was impressed by their abilities to define the two different poles and understand. I mean, they already define depression, but understand that bipolar disorder is during the mania. At least there's a lot of impulsivity and different things involved in that. I was so-so on it. I mean, to some extent, it's almost like what what you imagine when somebody tells you, uses the word schizophrenia. You go, oh, you see or hear things. But it's hard to really imagine what that's like in a person who is uh, there. I, I know of this clinic, and really, really good clinic, and they treat schizophrenics. And how they train their people is they will give each of their trainees, they'll give them a headset that literally tells them stuff over and over again. And then they'll give them like little note cards and tell them stuff like, walk up to this person, just a random person, and start talking to them about this topic and see how that feels after a while and they're trying to talk to the person but as they're talking like there's this auditory voice very loud in their head and they can't really hear what other people are saying that well because there's an interruption and it's not really what it's like to be schizophrenic but it can that gives you a sense of just how overwhelming disorienting more that, that it is so when they're describing bipolar disorder it's almost like this foreign thing that it's almost like we've heard of it once. We yeah. don't really know what it is. There's something. I mean, they, they talk with it so vaguely that it's like a high intensity emotion. Well, okay, that's a, that's right. But what does that really mean? Yeah. I mean, it was almost like that's the catch-all word they were using so they didn't have to think about the rest of it. Yeah, more of just a, a definition type deal instead of like right. actuality or right. okay and it reminds me of kind of what i was talking about with them when like we, we started out it was like would you tell somebody about your disorder and they would go yeah sure and then you go now here's what it actually means if you were to tell them you would be telling them i am this person who is so horribly despondent and i don't really like myself i'm kind of embarrassed about it and i feel icky and don't want to get out of bed i'm gonna go tell everybody that do you really want to go tell everybody that no and it's kind of the same thing. A person who is just constantly talking really quick and constantly thinking, and they're kind of, in a weird way, if at the most extreme versions of that, they're really making people kind of nervous around them yeah. because it's obvious. And at the lesser end, it's they are just starting to make bad decisions because they're revved up too high. What that really looks like, 
I don't know how to kind of get that across. I mean, uh, other than we could go into a hospital and literally right. talk to people while they're in the middle of a mania, but I'm not sure anybody's going to sign off on that. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing goes with depression. Somebody who's so severely depressed, I don't know that they would really want to even talk about at that moment because it's so despondent. But again, this goes back to the whole thing we've been talking about, which is there is knowing the theory and then knowing what that really means and the full impact. Because especially with people who are afflicted, the impact of that is not something you can go high emotion and walk away from it. It is high emotion and what that means hits you like a wall and probably makes you stop for a moment because you can't walk away from it. Um, whereas most of these people, I think they use shorthand versions so they can almost deflect the importance of it. But again, they do know generally more than I think people would have known even 10 years ago. Yeah. So that's positive. So, I don't know. I don't know how to go further. So, our, our guys are doing well. I like this. I mean, I'm enjoying the, the roundtable as it is so far. Overall, I think they have a pretty good handle on things. What would you like? Because let's say we, we're going to do this again maybe next year or even next few months. What are some of the things you would like to know now that you've heard some of a, a group different questions we've asked? And the response is now not just from this roundtable, but from the previous ones, from the high school ones. What are some things that now we know that maybe we could ask in the future? We'll probably discuss this question because we've done it with other roundtables. Right. With the suicide issue. Right. I'm just interested in seeing their gen- like what they think would be their genuine emotions and reactions to maybe having seen something like right. a mania occur in front of them or experience somebody in a depression we, we have a story about that, don't we, that we can't really tell on air, but we have a story about a mania and how a couple of our people acted in response yes. to it. Yes, we do. We uh, actually were talking to someone in the middle of a mania once, and our co-hosts, who were all, they know all about it, you can't tell them anything, <laughs> did not handle it the greatest. But Well, they did handle it really well, but it still was nothing like they thought it would be. Yeah. And I think that's a good note to end on. We will continue with more Teen Roundtables in the coming week. All right, guys.